Okay, Digital Side Hug listeners, you guys are in for a treat. I think I've got four, maybe five podcasts lined up here at the Simply Youth Ministry Conference. I'm at SYMC in Columbus, Ohio, and we're sitting in the atrium. I don't know if you can tell, but it sounds like we're in the atrium of a hotel because we are in the atrium of the Hyatt Regency Hotel. I'm here with Ken Caster. Uh, Ken Caster is a youth minister, youth worker, professor of youth ministry, and I'm, I'm so excited, Ken, to have you because I learned just a few moments ago something really exciting that, that, we're, that, that is happening today. But first of all, Ken, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm really yeah. excited to have you here. Um, Ken, tell us real quick, I've, I've mentioned kind of what you do, but who are you, where are you, what are you doing, and why do you do what you do? Awesome. Yeah, I'm a husband, dad of three, and I've been doing youth ministry for 20 years and have started teaching at a school called Crown College in Minnesota. Uh, About three and a half years ago I started that, and now I'm just trying to raise up as many uh, youth pastors and next generation people as I can. So you train youth workers Mm -hmm. at Crown College. Correct, yeah. And when I, I'm, I'm meeting you for the first time here today, yeah. and my first, one of my first comments was, you don't look old enough to be <laughs> a college professor with 20 years ministry experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it turns out, I was almost right. Uh, you're way. 41, but you started youth ministry at the age of 18? 18. That was my first youth pastor job. I was terrible at it. I was horrible. I had oh no idea goodness. what I was doing. But. I think we all were at yeah. our first jobs, yeah. but but something went right. God either wanted you in this or, or had created you to do it and equipped you for it. Um, and because you've stuck with it and now you're training other people to do that. Yeah, I've just, I've, I've just had a desire, a burden to invest in younger people. I think God's heart is with them. I see that all throughout Scripture. And uh, he put that on me when I was a teenager still, and I just wanted to, to in a way, give my life for the sake of, uh, of next-generation people. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, I love hearing that. And one of the things I love being at youth worker conventions is that I see people walking around, they all understand me, you know, because they're doing what I'm doing, and <laughs> yeah, they know right. the challenges that I face, and, right. I, and I know them. You know, I, may, I, I didn't know your name. Uh, before a few weeks ago when, mm-hmm. when Jason Ostrander recommended that I sit down with you. I didn't know your face until just now, you know, but if I had seen you walk into the halls here at, at Simply Youth Ministry, yep. I would have at least known that you understand what it's like to love students that, that don't even love themselves. Right, it's a great environment here yeah. at the conference uh, yeah. because of that. We have a lot of people that, that can understand what we are going through in the trenches. I want to uh, do something that we do all the time, Blitzkrieg, get to know me. I'm going to start the music. Um, tell us, <laughs> are you married? Do you have you know, kids? T- tell us about that. Yep. Uh, wife, Kathy, three kids, 15, 11, and 9. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, so you're doing it, you're doing youth ministry in That's your own in home. home. That's, That's right. great. That's fun. Okay. Ken, what is your go-to romantic comedy? Romantic comedy. Oh, man nailed me with that one it's not a romantic comedy but groundhog day oh yes uh, what my wife and i keep going back to over and over again that's terrific great answer i i love ken even more now (laughs) um electric slide or the macarena neither you're a neither i would do i would do neither of those you're at a you're at a, a a party 
and your your students, your youth ministry students are are pressuring you. Which of those two would and you be I most will, likely I to do? I will grab a placard of cards and write <laughs> numbers on them, and then judge everyone who's okay. Great. Dancing. Yeah. So so neither. All right. Do, do you have a nickname? And and if so, what is it? If you've had more than nicknames, can you give us your favorite oh, nickname? And your least favorite nickname? Oh man, yeah, I have some. Pastor Caster is the most common. Okay, that's so good. Yeah, that was a, like that. That was always going to happen. Had a ring to it. Uh, the worst was Yak. Y A K. Yak, and it had two meanings. One is that I I uh, talked too much <laughs> when I was younger, and the other is that I I threw up after eating about five or six hot dogs at a youth group event when I was a teenager. So. <laughs> So Yak kind of stuck with me. Yak is the one you had to live down. Have you lived it down? Nobody calls you Yak anymore. And I haven't thrown up for or, years. Are there there's still those three people that call you Yak on Facebook? No, I don't think anybody remembers that That's now. That's great. It's, okay, yeah. good. Pastor <laughs> Caster. That's awesome. Okay, there's a button in front of you. If you press it, you are accidentally able to hear all the thoughts of everyone that is in the room with you. Okay. Whatever room you're in. Right. You can accidentally hear their thoughts. Right, if I press the button. If you press the button, that's your accidental superpower. I guess we could call that an okay. accidental superpower. Um, if you do not press the button, then you cannot understand the words being spoken by anyone you are looking at. Okay, yeah. So you, you, you can either Hear the thoughts of everyone in the room, and I'm going to excuse inside your own home, or the home of your parents. You know, so at family reunions, you're going to be okay. All right. All so, right. so with your family, you're okay. Everybody else, you can't. You hear all their thoughts if you push the button. Okay. If you do not press the button, you cannot understand the words coming out of anyone's mouth that you are looking at. Okay. Do, do you, I press the button? Do you press the button? Oh man. Yes. You press the button and hear press the thoughts. The and stay at home with your family all the time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay. That's what I would do. No. Good. All Why right. would I want to do that to myself, though? Oh. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather be in a relationship. You would become a, an invaluable resource to, for national security. They would put you in the room with, you know... Okay, I would no longer want to press the button. <laughs> okay. Final, <laughs> final question is from Dr. Morris Gregwire. He does a Facebook page called Asking Can Be Fun. It's okay. awesome. Yeah. I love I love okay. pointing people to it. In fact, he's a sponsor of the show. Hey, fantastic. Which, since the show costs nothing, it, 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 it's right. really He's invested a lot. The, correct. Yeah. Um, if the Atlantic Ocean fought the Pacific Ocean, which one would win and why, Pastor Castor? Well, Pacific is kind of like a sumo wrestler, so he could just fall over on the Atlantic. Okay. So right? size. Right? So size, size makes a difference. probably the reason why. Um, thank you for doing that. You, this is fun. It's great Good. being here. And and I alluded to this earlier. You're a presenter at, at Simply Youth Ministry. I am. Yep. One of the cool things that I just found out is a book you have written is being released today. Today. Yeah. It goes on sale today. You have a copy of it right here. It's called Grow Down, How to Build a Jesus-Centered Faith by Ken Caster. And on the inside thing here, I read a second ago, it says second copy from SMYC, uh, SYMC. This is um, the second copy that I've received from them. So it's in my, yeah, it's in my hands. kind of fun. That is really cool. So yeah. I, I, I can go buy it today. You could. I could not have bought it yesterday. Correct. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Tell us about the book. Why would yeah. you do it? What does it represent? What are you trying to say? Well, the, the, the title Grow Down comes out of the idea that uh, we think that we are supposed to be growing students up to become adults in this society. And when I think about what adults are in our society, I get a little scared about that. Yeah. So the, the word adulterated means that we just are adding things to our lives. That at one time we were pure, yeah. but then we, we add things in to try to find fulfillment or to try to make it better or to try to fill our lives with something that we're missing. And so we just keep adding. And the word adultery comes from that. We, we add something to our life that we shouldn't have added because we were failing with our first love. So I, I don't know that I want to help students grow up to become adults. I, I want them to do something different than that. So in scripture, over and over again, there's this image of a tree. Uh, Psalm 1, that, that uh, if we follow God's commands, we become like an oak planted by the stream. Ephesians 3, Paul prays that people would root themselves deeply into Christ. Mm -hmm. and, and the phrase hit me, uh, reading New Living Translation one day out of Colossians 2, verse 7. Uh, Paul says, let your roots um, grow down into Jesus. And then it says, and draw up all the resources that he has for you. Drop all of his nutrients. Draw up all of his nourishment. Drop all of his life so that you can be built up strong in the truth. Mm -hmm. And then overflow with thanksgiving for all that he's done. And so this, this image of this tree hit me. And, and what, what I really want to help students be able to do is to grow up, but to grow down into Jesus. So the book walks through that process of kind of saying no to a lot of the patterns of this world and um, to use a biblical phrase there and and trying to figure out how to navigate a complicated world but staying true to uh, growing deeply in Christ. Can you give us an example of, of something that you would say has become ex expected of adults to add this to your life or to do this or become this that an example where you would say to your students your college students who are going yeah. to be leading other students to say that, that yeah. that's a myth that what's an yeah, example yeah well like a, just a really basic idea is that we we know that that kids should be careful what they watch and what they look at but for some reason when we get to a certain age people think it's okay to look at adult material mm -hmm. so explicit sex and and one of the most used one of the ways that the word adult is used most in our society is in terms of explicit sex. Adult bookstore. Adult bookstore, adult movies, adult um, video games, even the rated M games. They're called mature. mature. Yeah. But why? It's because they're explicit and we know they're wrong yeah. for kids. Right. But we're called as Christians to have a childlike faith. So, so becoming a, adulterated in that way is a really interesting idea to me. So... Um, how do, we, how do we help uh, people to know how to walk in an adulterated society but stand true to what God wants us to do with our lives? So uh, the book talks a lot about how there are winds of pressures in society that blow against us and there's, there are all kinds of ideas that, that would lead us astray or, or cause us to, to wonder about what we should do um, with morality or what we should do with some decisions that we make. And if we're not rooted in Christ, it's really easy to get knocked over. You know, either by like a hurricane force mm -hmm. wind, 
coming through and just, just taking us by surprise and knocking us over. Or more often, it's probably the slow eroding winds that we don't see or we don't notice that just have a, an impact and, and cause us to lean over, you know, more and more and more until one day we kind of fall over. So if we're rooted in Christ, though, then we can withstand those winds. We can stand tall. We can stand strong. And I think the students could, uh, man, they could find a lot of life in Jesus in the midst of a really complicated world. Are there stories from Scripture or moments in the life of Christ where you find it, um, you know, the growing down illustrated or where you would point people and, and say, this is how to grow down? Like, I, I'm wondering, mm-hmm. you know, surely you've got suggestions for how to grow down. Yeah. What, what is one of them or... Yeah, it's uh, biblically. There's a great. I mean, are this, we talking about the spiritual disciplines? Is this read well, your Bible? Is this yeah. pray with your your? Oh man, there's so many ways or? to take this. There, we talk a lot about the fruit of the spirit, right? Yeah. Well, where does the fruit of the spirit come from? This this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self control. Uh, where does that come from? It, it doesn't come from ourselves, right? No. If it I comes from God, absolutely. If if I needed patience today. In my own power, I only have a very limited amount of patience. So if somebody is, is annoying me all day long, and, and I can withstand them for a little while. That's not to say that anyone is annoying him now or has been over the course of the last 30 not. minutes. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's why he chose this uh, at all. That's Keep going. If, if you were annoyed, your own patience would last you a certain amount of time, but then... You're not equipped with with not equipped the to, to handle need. it, or if or if I'm tempted by something and and I think oh well I can res- resolve myself to do this and get through it. There's only a certain amount that I can handle before I give in to that temptation, mm-hmm. or before I get angry at somebody, or before I mess it up, or say the wrong words, or right. or look at the wrong things. But as we as we grow down into Christ and we seek His life for us, then all of a sudden. The fruit of the Spirit, we realize, oh, those are actually the qualities of Jesus. And the fruit of the Spirit comes out of our life because, precisely because we've been growing down into Jesus. So the Psalms talk about this. Psalm 1 is there for a reason. It's, yeah. it, look, if you, if you bring these Psalms into your life and you pursue the Lord in this way, you will be like an oak planted yeah. by a stream. And if you make the the word of God. Yeah. If you see that for the value that it has, and, yeah. you, and you want it worse more than you want these other things, yeah. it's going to have an effect. In right. Life. Right. And it's not just a, a quiet time devotional. You know, getting into the word. That's part of it, but it's it's saturating your your every bit of your life in terms of being immersed in who Jesus is. So that's what a root system does, right? I mean, it's under the surface. You yeah. can't really see it. But it's the most important and most powerful part of the tree, right? So yeah. in the book, I give some examples, uh, David. Here's a here's a few of them. So uh, I offer nine ways to grow down into Jesus. Just some really practical right, things, right. Um, things that we would think of like praying and reading your Bible, but then hopefully some other things. So, yeah, some things as that well. that maybe we wouldn't immediately think of. You know, one of these is appreciate creation. Um, that's not something that we might 
immediately think of as the spiritual answer to the question, how do I grow down into God? Right. Um, Sometimes we need to get away from the busy, hectic, uh, media-driven life that we have, you know, and just mm -hmm. take a deep breath and look outside. I encourage in the book, this, this sounds really cheesy, but encourage the book just going out and remembering what it's like to be in a tree. Go get in a tree or go sit under a tree and just look at it and find its intricate detail. So there's this great, this great thing that happened. This came to life for me. Um, I was in, in front of a Starbucks with a, a young adult, a, a friend of mine who was just devastated. His life was absolutely falling apart. One of the worst life stories I've ever heard in my life. And as a pastor, as a veteran pastor, I didn't know what to say. I had no words for him. And, and I... I was feeling his pain with him and, and just not knowing what to do. And so we're sitting here on this bench and there's all these like awesome yuppie looking uh, young adults walking by with cool hairstyles and good clean skin and, and looks like they've got the whole world together. They've got right. the fashion and everything and they're walking out of Starbucks with their, their frappuccino macchiatos and whipped cream straws and all this kind of stuff. And his life was in such turmoil it looked like everybody else had it together and I didn't know what to say to this guy so I felt like God was just tugging at my heart and there was a tree right next to the bench that we're sitting on and the tree just looked nasty it was a gnarly tree it was growing growing out of the sidewalk there was like an iron grate around the bottom of it you know have you ever yes. seen a tree like that on the yeah. sidewalk oh, yeah. and the tree is starting to push up the iron grate and the sidewalk around the tree is kind of broken and the tree is, is not looking pretty at all. And I, I felt like God was saying, Ken, ask, ask him about the tree. I'm like, that's, all right, whatever. So I asked my friend about the tree. Tell, tell me about this tree that's right next to us. He says, well, it's got bark, it's got leaves. You know, he started that comment, what anybody would do. And then he starts looking at it deeper, and he's like, man, look at the, all the detail on that tree. He goes, look at every leaf is a little bit different. It's got its own little pattern. He goes, and the bark, look at the way it, it, it moves around on the tree, and it, it's got texture and character. And then he goes, oh, man, and there's, look, there's where somebody's bike chain has totally rubbed it raw. And, it's, and he goes, oh, and somebody carved their initials into this part over here. And there's a branch that was broken off. And he starts describing all this yeah. hideous yeah. stuff on this tree, this, this poor, just nasty-looking thing. And then all of a sudden he goes, Ken. That's me. I'm like, what are you talking about? Because I'm thinking that tree needs to be chopped down and mulched, <laughs> which is the way a lot of our society looks at people when people when society, they're broken, when or they're broken, got nothing and, to offer. And see, when we look at what a grown-up is supposed to be, they're supposed to be perfect. They're have supposed to have it all together. Right. They're supposed to not have any issues. They're supposed to not need others to help exactly. them. Exactly. Not depend on them. Yeah. And they should be able to stand on their own two feet right. independently, right? Yes. And here's this tree, which is totally dependent on what's going on underneath right. the surface. Because cause what's happening above the surface is rough. It doesn't look like it should be standing. It doesn't look like it should be. And then he goes, Ken, that's me. I'm like, how is that you? And he goes... Look, somebody carved their initials into that tree, just like they've done to me. Somebody broke off a branch, just like happened to me, and the tree is suffering, just like I'm going through. And he goes, but that tree is standing. And he goes, that tree's standing, because look at those roots. He goes, they're pushing the sidewalk up. Yeah. They're pushing the grate up, yeah. right? And he goes, I'm that tree. And then he goes, how do, how do I make sure my roots are strong? And I'm just like, Jesus, that's the only way. 
it's the, it's the only way. You've got to root yourself into Jesus. And I'm like, and I do too, because I didn't even see that, right? And so I need something that I didn't even see there. So the two of us, I mean, it was so, so wild and cheesy. We're just like, okay, Jesus. And we start praying right there in front of Starbucks. And oh man, it was just such a great visual that day. And I, I remembered, uh, remember what it was like being a kid and climbing this huge uh, tree in my front yard that had big knots on it. Do you remember that? I, like, yeah, I loved right? climb, climbing trees. We had an apple tree in the backyard. We, we, we cut it down because we had to put a porch up, but uh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, and it's, it's, those, it's those weathered, mature trees that have grown down into the earth, mm-hmm. that have some broken branches and some knots and wounds that you can put your hands on. You can hold on to those knots and you can climb in those knots. And so I realized that day with this guy outside of Starbucks that that Jesus doesn't want to just make our lives perfect. He wants to take the wounds that we have, the hurts that we have, and he wants to turn those knots into beauty marks so that other people can find the truth and the life and that overflow of life. That they're like, how did you get that? How did you get through that? How did you make it through that time? You know, and this is, this is who Jesus is. When, when he's resurrected, he shows us the scars in his hands. He shows us his wounds, and it's it's through his wounds that we're healed. We find we find beauty marks yeah. in the knots of Jesus, right? And so I think this is this is what God wants. He wants he wants young people never to grow up. He wants young people, middle-aged people, old people. He wants everybody to always have a childlike faith, which is dependent upon Him growing down. So this is what the book's about, and it, it's just fun. It, it's a twist. Um, yeah, grow down on, on the thought. So uh, it it reminds me of the Rich Mullins song, "Growing Young." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm guessing that you've heard it or know I've it. I've heard it. Yeah. Um, the the song is about, you know, I, you know, you grow up and you think you're supposed to grow up, and yeah. then but but we you're growing old, but but in in the spirit in God we grow young and become like children in our faith, uh, and I love that song, and it it speaks of pain. It, it t- does. The, the song talks yeah. about the pain that we go through. I, I was going to ask you, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, what is so great about you that made Jason Ostrander uh, <laughs> recommend that I contact right, you? Jason's right. a friend of mine, and, I, and I, I, you know, when I, I knew I was coming here, and he's the director of this conference, and I said, are there some guys that you, or, or girls, uh, ladies that you would recommend that I talk to? And he gave me the names of a few of them. Was it just because this book is coming out, which he didn't mention anything about? Was it just because of this idea, or is there? I mean, is there something about the work you're doing with your students, or, or who you are that that you think made Jason say? I guess I'm asking you to brag on yourself a little yeah, yeah, beyond yeah. this book. I mean, is what, what what makes you? You know. Yeah, yeah. Jason helped get this book going. He had, uh, he and I have been friends for a number of years. Uh, we were both a part of the Christian Missionary Alliance. Yeah. Jason was our national youth director, and I was this new professor at, at Crown, which is an alliance school. So we connected, and I did this grow down uh, teaching for some youth pastors out in Colorado Springs one year. And so that was kind of the germination of, of how this book finally came to be. But what we're doing at Crown is, is we're trying to raise up youth workers who, who are going to be a little subversive for the future. Uh, there, there may or may not be as many youth pastor, traditional youth pastor jobs in the next 10, 20 years. That's what it sounds like. That's what yeah. it's sounding like. 
but people still are going to want to invest in the younger generation. Yeah. So th- they're, they're gonna so be, awesome. That's it's right. impossible not to want. Well, to do parents that. are going to need it. Parents yeah. are going to want that support. Churches are going to say, "What do we? How do we help kids right. navigate this incredible mm-hmm. culture? This? What do we do?" So, so churches are going to continue to invest in people to invest in young people. But I don't want I don't want us to continue to produce people that are that are buying into maybe a, a, a segregated model of church where there's adults, <laughs> yeah. right? See yeah. the language. Those who have been adulterated. We have a we have adult <laughs> church, and then we have right. youth group, or then we have children's church. So that might be the job that's immediately available for our graduates. But what we're trying to do is kind of an Ephesians four eleven and twelve, that the the work of a pastor yeah. is to equip the people of God to do the work of ministry. So, so we're trying to train our students, okay, here's, here's the contemporary kind of understanding of youth ministry, but it's not going to be like this forever. So we want you to get in there and do what maybe is maybe a more of a, a biblical understanding of youth ministry. And so what we call it at Crown is um, a phrase I came up with uh, while I was doing my doctoral work um, called generational transference of faith and leadership. And so this is where Jason and I have really uh, gelled on, on some things that I think um, Simply Youth Ministry is really trying to resonate with. Looking through the and schedule, they've got a lot of stuff that's aiming that direction, yeah. the energy and getting, getting the church, how that's to right. make one church. That's right. So the idea, is, the idea biblically, Deuteronomy 6, is that Israel's whole purpose was to be a light to the whole world. Well, how were they going to do that? By passing on the patterns of God to their children. And so that those children are passed on to their children. This is Psalm 78. It's, it's, it's the idea of the Great Commission, too. Yeah. Jesus saying, look what I've done for you. I give to you, and I want you to go make disciples of mm-hmm. all nations, um, baptizing them, teaching them my patterns, right? So this is the history of God's evangelism and discipleship plan has always been kind of a next generation, give the patterns of God to the next generation. So when churches aren't doing that intentionally, then they're, they're kind of missing God's whole historical plan. And uh, when youth, if youth pastors could help churches, help equip churches to intentionally invest in the next generation, I mean, I mean the whole church kind of steers in this way. More than just having you know, enough money to hire a youth pastor right. or, or build a youth room. You're talking about something right. systemic. Right. I think a lot of churches haven't known what to do with teenagers, so they hire a youth pastor who's the expert to handle teenagers. Right. So in a way, then, that youth pastor, bless, you know, bless their heart. And I did this for a number of years. Are you from the South? I, you're, from, you're from North. I, I, I mean, bless that your in, heart. That's <laughs> I threw that in for you. Um, they, uh, you know, they're good at it. And so they work with these teenagers. They love on the teenagers. Yeah. And then, guess what? Then the rest of the church doesn't have to. And so we've unintentionally separated youth from the church, and then youth graduate from youth group, and they don't belong to the church because they haven't had other people investing in them. Sticky Faith is really caught up on this, and they, they, right. they suggest having five uh, older people in the congregation investing intentionally in the life of every one teenager. And so this is kind of the idea. Is you, want, you want older generations intentionally investing their life and raising up young people not just not just receiving from them though but giving young people an opportunity to lead in faith to to produce vision for the church and the community Mm -hmm. to be a part of the the leadership models of things to be a part of the the future structure and mission and vision for the church kind of the way that paul did for titus and for timothy and and for a lot of these young guys 
Um, but it wasn't easy. Paul, Paul had to learn it. He didn't give John Mark right. a whole lot of opportunity. And so we need, we need a lot of Barnabases, a lot of people who say, no, 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 no. We've got to give these young people all the, and this is what it's all about. This is, this is kind of the, the future. So I'm, I'm leading a peer panel workshop at the conference today. Right. We were just going to have conversation about how youth ministry could save the church in right. North America. I loved the title right? of that. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure exactly where you were going, but general transfer, I mean, generational transference, is that, I, that's how me, we're going to save that's the kind church? Of, well, we're going to listen to what everybody's innovative ideas sure. are, but I, I think that's where a lot of it is going to be. It's, it's intentionally, how can we re- equip and release this next generation to, to really just do what needs to happen for the Lord. I, I think they need to be growing down into Jesus. They right. need to be rooted in right. Jesus first and foremost. But then after that, what do we do? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. It's going to be great. I, and I think there's some of your listeners probably have, have seen some glimpses of some things that really work well. And So I, I want that conversation to be uh, brewing. And that that is awesome. And it sounds like that's kind of when a student comes to Regent and says, I want to be a youth pastor, or yeah. I was at a youth group, I loved it, yeah. you know, or they come and, and this is one of the big ideas that they're going to go away with and they won't be able to graduate at Crown yeah. College without, with, with, without sort of, you know, being inundated with this message yeah. uh, that, that is permeating your heart and ministry. And I really appreciate both of the two big ideas you've given us here, Grow Down, and and the book, uh, it looks it, it looks like it's written for students. It is. It's I mean, a student guide. It can be used as a, a small group guide if you want. There's questions and activities at the end of each of uh, some twelve short chapters. Okay. Uh, or students can use it kind of as a devotional guidebook. That's great. Yeah, man. Grow down, and then the generational transference of, of faith, faith and leadership and leadership yeah because it's not just passing on faith like so that you believe what the older generation believes it's passing on the baton of being able to run faster the next leg even yeah. faster and better than the generation ran it before there's a lot of respect in that process the younger generation and the older generation need to respect one another and honor one another and in a way submit to one another um but the goal of every generation should, should always consider the next generation as better than themselves. It's capable of more. They're capable uh, of uh, more. Furthering. And, and desiring. That's, what, that's our desire. I mean, if we're the best, if, I, if my 41-year-old generation is the best that's ever come, that is one of the saddest things I've ever heard. Right? Yeah. I really want... That is sad. I really I'm 42. Want, I agree. That yeah. would be terrible. Wouldn't that be terrible? So we want the younger generations to, to flourish and be yes. released and do things that we can't ask or imagine. That is great. Yeah, man. Uh, Ken, cool. pa- Ken Caster, Pastor Caster, <laughs> uh, professor at Crown, thank you for, for being with us. Thanks. I, honor, uh, David. I, I'm, I, I really am thankful that you're here. I'm glad I get to be a part of it. I'm, I'm excited that you took the opportunity to do this with a total stranger um, <laughs> perhaps uh, Jason applied a little pressure or at least was able to say this guy's not a, a, a an idiot right. or a psychopath I think yeah. in his first email he said he he's not, not a creeper a creeper <laughs> well in the spirit of I'm not a creeper I'm not going to overwhelm you with physical contact all right but I would love a side hug yeah, if that's okay. okay this is here Ken is. Pastor uh, Simply Youth Ministry Conference thanks for being here thanks David We'll see you guys next time on the Digital Side Hug.